What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hit. It's Cyber Monday, which back in the day would have brought us a pay-per-view like Taboo Tuesday or Cyber Tuesday or Cyber Sunday, but let me not dovetail or tangent off. Good day. I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving week and weekend. Uh, certainly, it had Survivor Series connected to it and a lot of other things. So I hope all is well in your world. It just hit me. I don't think we've talked Survivor Series. We haven't. Anyway, I hope you're good. I hope life's good as we're now barreling into the holidays, which means we're moving toward the end of the year, which also means we're moving towards 2022. There's a lot to get into with that. But first, I want to say a shout out and a thank you to everybody who joins us regularly here on this podcast, whether you are joining us on the socials at The Faction Show, or you're subscribed to our podcast, or you're in that amazing cross-section of folks who does both. Thank you so much. Whether you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, or on our new home on Spotify, thank you so much. And if it's your first time hearing us, welcome to the party. We appreciate you. We're excited about you. And uh, share what we're doing with friends and followers. I'm certain you're not the only person in your circle who likes pro wrestling. So we'll definitely be a fun add-on to whatever your current pro wrestling podcast diet is. So there's a lot to get into. And I realized that in talking, I had not given our recap of the Survivor Series. So it seems like it's like another lifetime ago, but it really was just eight days ago. But it just proves how quickly the wrestling world moves and how many things are going on. So I'm going to give a very brief recap of the Survivor Series, and here's how brief it is. First of all, if you're keeping track, Raw versus SmackDown, which, by the way, used to be a completely separate pay-per-view called Bragging Rights. You guys remember that? Yeah, it wasn't all that memorable of a pay-per-view, but somehow that has been engrafted into what we know as Survivor Series, and this year, Raw pretty much dominated SmackDown, winning everything except the champion versus champion match on the men's side between the Universal Champion Roman Reigns and the WWE Champion Big E. I'll start by saying this. I thought Survivor Series was bookended well. It started well and it ended well. I was very surprised that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair would start the show. But if you're going to start it, come in hot and have an amazing match. And I think they did. And I don't think their story is over yet, even though people will try to kind of brush it under. Uh, also, people think, wow, it's all a big work. Nah, they hit too hard and did too many things for it to be a work. I really think that these ladies don't like each other. It makes a lot of sense for where they both are right now. And it's interesting because the fans clearly continue to side with Becky Lynch in that war, yet Becky, being as skilled as she is, can get them to turn on her the next night, which is what she did on Monday Night Raw. Let's go to the end of the pay-per-view, where again, we saw Big E versus Roman Reigns, a great, great match. But again, I think everybody figured Roman Reigns would walk out as the winner, which speaks to a major problem that I believe WWE has. Ever since they've been doing this Raw versus SmackDown situation for Survivor Series, whenever you get to the champion versus champion match, 
there's really not the intrigue or the possibility that you believe that one of these champions is going to lose. Case in point, in previous years where Brock Lesnar was either the WWE champion or the Universal champion, whoever he was fighting, whether it was AJ Styles or Brian Danielson, a.k.a. Daniel Bryan, it all seemed like there was no way Brock would lose, and of course he didn't. Granted, AJ and Daniel Bryan uh, are able to give amazing matches, and they did, some of my favorite matches involving Brock Lesnar, but at no point did we think Brock is going to actually lose in this champion versus champion match. Such was the case last Sunday. Who actually thought that Roman, as the head of the table, was going to lose to Big E? I've been loving the run that Big E is on, but let's face it, there was no way that he was going to win against Roman Reigns, which speaks to the larger problem here. If you're going to have a champion versus champion match, and quite frankly, with any match you have in pro wrestling, the idea is supposed to be that these two guys are evenly matched. And if they aren't evenly matched, there's something that the person who has the disadvantage on paper is able to do that would make us think that they could actually win the match, right? So like for instance, when you'd see the big show against Rey Mysterio, like we all were just like, no, there's no way that the big show is going to lose this match unless the big show has a reputation of losing matches like that or not winning the big one, et cetera, et cetera. So all of those things come into play. They absolutely do. So with that said, I think that it's a very intriguing situation that WWE has two champions with two different skill sets that we don't see Roman Reigns potentially losing to Big E. So interesting stuff for sure. I don't think that it damages Big E's title run uh, or his you know experience right now. I think he's very much still the man on Raw. And he's got, obviously, situations that they're working out in terms of uh, challengers. Seth Rollins is on the horizon. A big match scheduled with Kevin Owens tonight. Opportunities abound. On the SmackDown side, and I'm jumping a bit ahead, the new number one contender right now seems to be Sami Zayn. Yeah, but with the idea that Brock Lesnar's returning next week, I don't know how long that's going to last. At any rate, interesting things. By and large, I was disappointed with the Survivor Series. The lead up to the Survivor Series was just, it, it almost felt like Survivor Series snuck up on WWE. And maybe that's because they were too busy firing people to actually consider how to book a pay-per-view. Now, I know that sounds a bit aggressive, but think about it. There were two major rounds of cuts in a one-month period. Literally at the top of November, WWE cut nearly 20 people, which included Karrion Cross and Keith Lee and Taya Valkyrie and that whole crew. And then right before Survivor Series, literally that Thursday or Friday before, they cut another group of people, which included John Morrison, the rest of Hit Row, uh, and a number of others. And you're sitting back going, what is really going on 
in the WWE. Apparently, there may be even more cuts coming, but the idea that you do cuts around the holidays is certainly thoughtless. And while the word on the street is that they will get paid, they being these superstars who were cut for the 90 days or 30 days that they are in a non-compete, that is still a horrible thing to do right before the holidays. The unfortunate thing about the WWE juggernaut, though, is that it's going to keep on moving without any signs of surcease. So I don't know what will need to happen for WWE to really feel the impact from a fan perspective of all of these losses, but we continue on. And so with that said, Survivor Series to me, not the best pay-per-view they've done. It is their last pay-per-view of 2021. And so they're going to kick things off for 2022 on January the 1st with the brand new day one pay-per-view, which will be happening right here in the ATL. It'll be interesting to see if they're going to do much of a lead-in between now and then. Of course, that's going to be the pay-per-view that precedes the Royal Rumble, which will happen in St. Louis. It's going to be a massive Royal Rumble in terms of it being in the dome there in St. Louis. One of four stadium shows for WWE in the 2022 calendar year. So it's going to be an interesting time for WWE for sure. Speaking of WWE, now is probably a good time to have the NXT conversation. And I'll start that when we return. Attention wrestling fans, join us December 10th at the Action Building for our final show of the year, SHW 34. Owen Knight defends his championship against AC Mack, plus all your favorite SHW superstars in action. Hey, 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 what, what is going on here? This is just bedlam right now. Trust us, you don't want to miss this show. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were going to be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm going to do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Hey, guys are taking How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. 
so many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a them and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. Okay, so let's talk about NXT 2.0. NXT 2.0's ratings this week brought in 625,000 viewers. Believe it or not, that is up from the previous week's show, which brought in 574,000 viewers. So let's just put this into perspective. Before they went to 2.0, NXT was averaging somewhere between 650 and 700,000 viewers week over week, right? And they had kind of a large moment, of course, around Halloween Havoc, where they were at 746,000 viewers. Of course, NXT 2.0, when it kicked off, brought in 770,000 viewers, and then it has progressively decreased in viewership since then. Couple that with, they were going for a vibrant, newer product that would focus on the young stars. What's actually happened is it has altered their viewership. So not only have the numbers changed, but that key demographic of 18 to 49, they are losing miserably there. So in that key demographic, roughly 189,000 viewers tuned in, which is up, believe it or not, 32% from the week previous when they had 143,000 viewers in the 18 to 49 demographic. So, you know, I'm a math major, so my job is to really kind of break this down for you. And here's what that means. If you had 625,000 viewers this week and 189,000 of them are in that key demographic of 18 to 49, guess what that means? Simple math tells you that the bulk of your viewers are outside of what you deem your key demographic. So to be specific, get this, <laughs> and this is a great number, 70% of the viewers for this NXT 2.0 product is outside of the 18 to 49 demographic. So that means either you have little kids, below 18 or you have much older people above 49 and that happens to be the case right now so you've built a new product but you've alienated basically the key demographic that all of pro wrestling is fighting for how crazy is this so now the word on the street is that nxt and usa are trying to figure out how do we get that 18 to 49 demographic so they're going to try to be a bit more edgy but here's the problem NXT was already reaching that 18 to 49 demographic. These changes, now that we are two to three months in, have not helped the product at all. And we're going to get war games. So I'm just going to just just keep it 100 with you guys. War games in the previous incarnation of NXT made a whole lot of sense. You saw matches that made sense. You saw teams where you were like, I don't know who's going to win. I mean, you've got the Undisputed Era killing the game. You've got, of course, your first women's War Games matches with some incredible teams, incredible brutality. You look at it now, 
you've got Toxic Attraction and Kaylee Ray. By the way, Kaylee Ray, Io Shirai, and Raquel Gonzalez on the women's side are the only ones who have War Games experience. You have five newcomers who have not been in War Games before. Technically, Dakota Kai was supposed to be, but we know what happened with that. So with all of that said, family and friends, I don't know that I'm interested in watching NXT War Games without Triple H at the helm and without it being called a takeover and with a slew of new superstars in there. And on the men's side, it's basically old school versus new school. We saw this in the WCW days with that whole new blood rising situation. Um... I uh, I don't know. Obviously, we will report on it. We'll watch it. And I'm intrigued if actual numbers will come out in terms of how many people are viewing NXT War Games. But this NXT 2.0 situation doesn't seem to really be working. But I want to hear from you guys what you think of NXT 2.0 and if you'll be watching NXT War Games. Now, this is going to be a busy wrestling weekend. NXT War Games happens Sunday night December the 5th but guess what the night before December the 4th is going to be a pretty intriguing pay-per-view coming from the NWA as the NWA will present hard times too and this one is shaping up to be really really interesting so here's some of the card that's going to happen the NWA National Heavyweight Championship held by Chris Adonis formerly known as Chris Masters he will defend against Judeus who is also from SHW by the way Allison Kay and Marty Bell of the Hex will defend the women's tag team titles in a triple threat match against the teams of Kylie Ray and Tootie Lim and Lady Frost and Natalia Markova. On top of that, for the first time ever, the ROH World Tag Team titles will be defended at this NWA pay-per-view. Mike Bennett and Matt Taven of the OGK defend against Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos, who are former NWA Tag Team Champions. Nick Aldis and Tom Lattimore will battle each other. If either man is disqualified, they will be suspended for two months and no one is allowed at ringside. The World Junior Heavyweight Championship will be returning it's been vacant since the summer of 2017 there will be qualifying matches at the pay-per-view to determine who competes for the strap and those qualifying matches will include austin aries against rhett titus rhett titus of course part of ring of honor there's also going to be a 12-man gauntlet qualifier which will feature aria davari homicide and a number of others this ought to be interesting also we're going to be seeing mickey james who is the impact knockouts champion she will be competing and then we've got the world television title happening with tyrus against scion and then there's a world title match between mike knox and the champion trevor murdoch this is going to go down here in the atl so the nwa returns to gpb studio the longtime home for NWA Power and all things NWA. They will be back. It will air live on Fight TV this Saturday. So let's go back. Friday night, you've got SmackDown from the WWE. And of course, you have Rampage from AEW. You've got Hard Times 2 from the NWA happening Saturday night. And then Sunday night, you've got NXT War Games. So it should be a pretty packed wrestling weekend. 
With that said, two quick pieces of information and we'll get out of here. Number one, AEW Dynamite is happening Wednesday night right here in Atlanta. Pretty excited about that and I'll be in the house. So for sure, uh, we'll be giving you information and behind the scenes stuff, all that type of jazz. We got that for you here on The Faction. So be on the lookout for that. Then on top of that, one of the things that will be missing this week from AEW Dynamite is Jim Ross. So Jim Ross last week had back surgery and still showed up to work, which is pretty amazing. But this past Wednesday night's the last time we're going to see him for the foreseeable future as he'll be taking time off for radiation treatments for his recently diagnosed skin cancer. He made that announcement last week following AEW Dynamite in a post via Twitter and Instagram where he says, quote, due to my skin cancer care totaling 22 radiation treatments starting Monday, I will hopefully return to the announced desk on December the 29th in Jacksonville. Tony Khan supports me on this strategy, which has been a blessing. My thanks for all of your support. So our thoughts and prayers certainly are with Jim Ross for a speedy recovery. December the 29th, if he's able to make it back, is AEW Dynamite's final show on TNT. It will be, ironically, at what has been their home uh, in Jacksonville at Daly's Place. And then the following week, AEW Dynamite moves to their new home on TBS. So it's going to be a very interesting time for AEW. Again, our thoughts and prayers are with Jim Ross. So then... Tonight, of course, Monday Night Raw going down should be very interesting. Big E versus Kevin Owens and whatever other things WWE could be cooking up. Of course, another full week, NXT 2.0, their go-home show is Tuesday night. Wednesday night, of course, you've got Dynamite. Thursday night, you've got Impact Wrestling and, of course, NXT UK. Friday night, there is SmackDown and Rampage. And then this weekend, we have pay-per-views from the NWA. And NXT. With that said, I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Hit us up and let us know your feedback on the socials at The Faction Show. And of course, stay connected there as we'll have all sorts of late breaking news and the like. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is GB Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. Solid, my-